Welcome to the Rough Places into Level Ground podcast, where we'll be studying various scriptures and their application to our lives. And as we come to God's Word, He promises to lead us in ways we do not know, in paths that we have not known, and to turn our darkness into light and rough places into level ground. Welcome to today's study. I'm Jackie Burns, and I'll be your host. William Gurnell, a 17th century pastor and author, said, Cowards never won heaven. And he went on to say, Dare to be holy in spite of men and devils. Today, many followers of Christ do so in places where they're persecuted in one way or another for their beliefs, in places where holding different beliefs from what the surrounding culture wants them to accept is not tolerated. In today's study, we'll talk about Obadiah, and much like him, we live in a culture where many want us to accept what they tell us is right and not what we know according to God's Word, a culture that wants to disregard the one true God. May we dare to be holy. As we move into today's scripture and story in 1 Kings 18, one of the people we're going to meet is King Ahab who can be described as a person who does the wrong things, suffers for them, and then keeps on doing them. This was Ahab, and this is probably many of us at one time or another. Many in today's culture want to say that God is love, but they stop there. They don't want to see that while God is love, His love is a holy love, and we're called to obey Him and not condone the evil in our world. But Ahab continued to follow and pursue evil. And when the consequences of a drought came, he was either not able to or not willing to see God's correction for him and realizing that he had gone from the path of following God. For many of us, while we don't experience a physical drought, we do experience a spiritual drought when we don't follow God and we're the weaker for it. Before we go to today's scripture in 1 Kings 18, verses 1 through 18, let's look at the background and some of the surrounding story. Now, Ahab was the king in Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. While Israel had had bad kings, kings that didn't follow the Lord, Ahab was said to be the worst. He was doing evil in the sight of the Lord more than all the kings of Israel had done before him. Now Ahab also married Jezebel, the daughter of the king of the Sidonians, and they all worshipped Baal, the god of thunder and rain. Jezebel wanted Baal to reign supremely in Israel, and to this end she wanted to rid the land of God and all of God's prophets. This was a very unsafe time to follow the Lord in Israel, a time where public worship could mean death. The priests and the Levites all had left to go down to Judah in the southern kingdom of Israel. Ahab built Baal, an altar, and he made an Asherah. An Asherah was a pole or a tree deemed sacred to worship the goddess Asherah, who was often associated with Baal. Biblical kings were God's agents, and they were to follow God, ruling with justice and righteousness. But no king failed at this more than Ahab. 
Ahab was totally disregarding the reality, the truth, that the Lord was the God of Israel. Considering this, God was sending judgment. God had used his prophet Elijah to bring word to Ahab, saying that there was going to be a drought, a drought that Baal, the god of thunder and rain, would be powerless against. So Elijah went to Ahab and said, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Today we're going to look at a man named Obadiah and his relationship with God as he served Ahab and lived in a culture that was very much against God. Obadiah's name meant servant of Yahweh. But Obadiah served King Ahab, and he ran his household. Obadiah was a follower of God who was serving under a king and his wife who wanted to eliminate God from Israel. The temple was located in Judah. The priests and the Levites had all left Israel to go to Judah, and the prophets remaining were targeted for death by Jezebel. Obadiah was without visible support. Where would his strength come from? Obadiah truly was in a tight place, a man of God serving in the kingdom of Baal. At what point does one stand for God and the truth we're all to live by? And what happens to us as Christians when we do not stand and follow our Lord and God? Before we go to today's scripture, please join me in prayer. Father, we give thanks for your word its strength and guidance in our lives. We bring before you all those who are being persecuted in one way or another for their belief in you. We bring before you those facing trials in their lives and those who maybe see these times as punishment. Help them to use the hard times to come closer to you and to see that through hard times and times of persecution, you are coming to us and you're with us. You are fighting with us, and you are wanting to strengthen our faith and comfort us. Father, as we, much like Obadiah, live in a culture that wants us to accept what they tell us is right and not what we know is right according to your word, a culture that wants to disregard you as the one true God, help every believer find strength in his faith and guide each of us that we may dare to be holy. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Kings as we read 1 Kings 18, verses 1 through 18. Here now is the word of the Lord. After many days, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria, and Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land, to all the springs of water, and to all the valleys. Perhaps... We may find grass and save the horses and mules alive and not lose some of the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass through it. 
Ahab went in one direction by himself, and Obadiah went in another direction by himself. And as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him, and Obadiah recognized him, and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? And he answered him, It is I. Go and tell your lord, Behold, Elijah is here. And he said, How have I sinned that you would give your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there's no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent to seek you. And when they would say he is not here, he would take an oath of the kingdom or nation that they had not found you. And now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And as soon as I have gone from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you. I know not where. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifties in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah's here, and he's going to kill me. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab, and he told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you? you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. As we begin to take a closer look at chapter 18, the drought has now been going on for over three years. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, telling him, go back to Ahab and God will send rain. Now Ahab had just spent the past three years hunting for Elijah, who he blamed for the drought and the resulting famine. Circumstances were bad, and they were particularly bad in Samaria, where Ahab was the king. But Ahab didn't see his role in any of this. He knew, as all kings knew, how they were to rule as agents of the Lord, and he also had to know he was doing evil in God's eyes, as he totally disregarded God. He condoned the killing of God's prophets, and he built an altar to Baal, and he led the people astray in the worship of Baal. Ahab, the kingdom he ruled over, the prophets, and the animals were all suffering, but Ahab would not change his ways, and he continued to do wrong and he also continued to blame Elijah. Verse 3 tells us that at the height of the drought and famine, he tried to solve his problems by taking matters into his own hands, and he called to Obadiah, and together they would go through the land, thinking they could find some source of water and grass for the king's animals. Scripture tells us that Obadiah feared the Lord and had even hid a hundred of the Lord's prophets in caves. And somehow, in the midst of the famine and the drought, 
Obadiah was able to provide food, water, and bread for them. Was this in some way not a miracle? Where did his strength come from? Obadiah had kept his word of God secret, and he wasn't public in his beliefs, nor did he speak up and stand for God. But Obadiah found a way to serve both masters, God and Ahab. Obadiah, like many, would find ways to go along to get along. But can we truly serve two masters? When Ahab called to Obadiah to go in search of water and grass, Obadiah went. No questions asked. No objections raised. After three and a half years of drought, when people and animals were facing famine, would you have the courage to say to Ahab, Ahab, if you would turn from everything you're doing and your evil ways, this mess, this drought, this famine, it could all be over. But Obadiah followed Ahab, and he went in search of any bit of water and grass. So they both went out and into the kingdom. And he walked in one direction, and Ahab walked in the opposite direction. Obadiah and King Ahab had always walked in opposite directions. The direction that Obadiah went in would bring him face to face with Elijah. God's providence in action. I wonder if Obadiah ever wondered how he was able to provide food and water for the prophets during such a severe time of famine and drought. Was his strength and ability coming from God? Did he see God's care and providence in his life? Obadiah was like many of us, facing backlash for our Christian beliefs. Like many of us today, Obadiah found himself in a tight place. But how does God deal with this? How does God support Obadiah? Well, he provided for Obadiah the food and the water for the prophets that were hidden in the caves. And now, Obadiah, in the middle of serving Ahab, comes face to face with Elijah, a fellow believer, and we'll see that he's going to be strengthened by him. So upon meeting Elijah, Obadiah calls him Lord. And Elijah says, no, Ahab is your Lord. And Elijah tells Obadiah to go to Ahab and tell him that Elijah is here. Obadiah's response is to question Elijah, whom he has just addressed as Lord. But he doesn't just obey Elijah as he did with Ahab. Obadiah basically tells Elijah, Hey, look at all I've done to serve the Lord, and now you want me to do more? You want me to risk my life by going to Ahab? Why are you punishing me? Haven't I done enough? Don't ask me, Elijah, to rock the boat. Do you know how hard it is to serve two masters? Obadiah faced a large challenge, and he saw it as punishment. His focus was on Ahab. He focused on his fear. How do we face life's challenges or times of trial? Do we at times see them as punishment? Or is God calling us closer to him? Do we, like Obadiah, focus on our fear? Or do we focus on God and his strength in us? Do we look carefully at our lives and see God's hand in them and all he has done to sustain us? And do we believe that God will continue to do so? Do we trust God above all else 
and in all circumstances? God had preserved Obadiah throughout his working for Ahab. God had ensured that in the midst of severe famine and drought, he would have the ability to provide food and water for the 100 prophets. And now, in the middle of Obadiah's work of serving Ahab, God is at work again to bring him face to face with Elijah. Let's look at what else Elijah says to Obadiah after he tells him to go to Ahab. Elijah tells him, Behold, Elijah is here. Behold means to stop and pay good attention, to look and to see as something's going to happen. Behold, Elijah the prophet of the Lord God is here. This should bring hope and strength to Obadiah, but he's not looking and seeing. He has been so immersed in the evils of the culture of Ahab's making that he's missing what God has done in his life and what God is going to do with Elijah. Behold, Obadiah, Elijah the prophet of the one true God is here. Elijah goes on to tell Obadiah that the Lord is the Lord of hosts and he's alive and it is he that Elijah stands before. Elijah, a fellow believer, just like Obadiah, stands before the Lord of hosts. We all stand before the Lord. We all live out our lives before God and under his command. And it's not just before God, but with God. Our God partners with us in all we do. He sustains us and strengthens us through the Holy Spirit in us. So by telling Obadiah that God is the Lord of hosts and lives, what exactly is Elijah telling him? First of all, he's telling him God's alive. He is active in each of our lives. The term host describes an army. God is the leader, the Lord of hosts. The word Sabaoth is used to refer to God, the Lord of hosts. Sabaoth means armies or hosts, and God is the leader and rules over earth's and heaven's armies. He rules over all, over all we know and over all we don't know. It is our God, the Lord of hosts, Sabaoth, who goes forth and gives us strength in each day's battles. Just as Elijah stood before this God and is calling Obadiah to do the same, we too stand before this God and we are all under his command and leadership. The command and leadership of God who leads us, gives us strength in each day's battles. Is there any battle we face too small or too big not to entrust to our God and to trust that he will give us all we need to be victorious if we will just follow the Lord of hosts? When we follow God, there's no middle ground. It is when we struggle in the middle of fearing that another may take offense with our beliefs while at the same time trying to follow God. It's in the middle of our secular world's demands on us to follow them and not God. It is in this very middle that we lose our strength. When we have a foot in serving two masters, we lose our balance, we lose our way. We may find ourselves as Obadiah, struggling with being both faithful and fearful. 
we may find ourselves as many today who may look to change God's word, to modify it in order to enable them to walk in both loyalties, following the secular world filled with Baal and evil and also following God. But the truth is that the world will eventually reject your walking in this way. The world will eventually demand more of you. Demand that you accept more and more of its ways, and the world will be less and less tolerant of your being different. It will continue to push on you until you find yourself compromising more and more of your beliefs, until you find yourself further and further from your God, the Lord of hosts, the leader and authority of all earth and heaven. Your God, Sabaoth, is alive. He's active and in charge, and we can be strong in him. He's got a vested interest in our success, and he wants to lead and strengthen us to victory, just like any leader and any commander of hosts of armies. He wants to lead us to victory. At the end of chapter 18, we see Elijah, one man, taking on the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. We see Elijah say to the people, How long will you go on limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Who will you follow? What will your answer to Elijah be? It was Elijah, the prophet of God, who defeated the 850 prophets through the strength of God. And it was God who was in control of the rain, not the God of rain and thunder, Baal. Life is hard, and living in cultures that disregard God is hard. We'll all face challenges in our personal lives, our work lives, and within our society. Seeing them as an opportunity to pull closer to God, to strengthen our faith, to follow and let God lead us to victory, to stand strong in our Lord of hosts. When that is our walk, we'll be strong, and we will not limp between different opinions. So look for God's hand in your life. Look for the daily miracles, the ways in which God has provided food and water for you and your soul in the midst of drought. Look for the ways in which he sustained you and move forward through each day's struggles, trials, and battles, trusting in his strength. God has not ever once failed any of us. Despite all we see around us, despite feeling as if the world may not be a safe place to express our Christian beliefs, this isn't the first time people have felt this way. God's Word has always been under attack, and yet since the beginning of time, God's Word stands. It is active, it is alive, and it will give you the strength for each day. So stand strong in the Lord of hosts' word. Walk faithfully in his way and seek the strength of other believers that God puts in your path. Don't limp through life. Stand and stand strong in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll leave you today with Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So until next time, 
Dare to be holy. Praise God and God bless. Thanks for joining us.